Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Ben Schmidt and Colin Hansel. On today's episode, we are going to be re- reviewing, uh, I guess, the first weekend of March Madness and how shitty it was for so many people's brackets out there. Um, let's just let's jump right into it and talk about how how bad the Big Ten was this year. Everyone said all year they're the best conference in the – what am I saying? Best conference in the country. To be uh, fair, I thought it was the Big 12. I thought the Big 12 had the best conference. I thought they were neck and neck. Um, and I thought – I mean, I kind of gave the edge to the Big 10 just because they have more teams. So they have more teams that are going to be in the tournament. So I called them the best conference in America. Clearly, that is not the case as there are now two Big Ten teams remaining, and we're not even out of the first weekend yet. Yeah. How many did they originally have? Like 10, I think it was? around I think there, it was nine, nine. Or ten. nine or 10, okay. And seven yeah. seven of them are gone. Um, Michigan is playing right now, and Maryland plays later tonight. Actually, so. Maryland just tipped off against Alabama. Okay, yeah. And not only that, most of the Big Ten teams that have been knocked out were all higher seeds. It's not like it was going in expected to lose. Like it's the the number number one to Illinois, Ohio State, and losing to the greatest team in the nation, Oral Roberts. It's, it was I, I don't really think anyone saw it coming, but it perfectly justifies the last year since this whole thing started. Yeah, so let's let's quickly start with I guess we can kind of go region by region. We don't have to talk about every matchup because we'll be here all day if we do that. So let's start region by region. Let's start with Gonzaga's region and what are some of the some of like the surprise games so far that you've seen? First well, thing I want to say real quick is that I see no way that Gonzaga like Gonzaga looks so good. Like there were some people including myself who had slight doubts because they they um won an undefeated team hasn't won in so long. And really, they hadn't been playing super tough competition. Like, they beat Iowa. That was in January, December, like, so long ago. And that's what led people to have some doubts. But now Iowa's gone down. Oregon right now might be the best chance to beat to beat Gonzaga. So that's um, that's that's just key to me. I, I agreed with a lot of people saying that Oregon had a good chance for a second-round upset but I didn't think they would pull it off in the fashion that they did today. That was surprising because it just looked way too easy against, against Iowa. Well, I've been saying for a while that I'm going to pick Oregon to win two games, at least regardless of who they play. Um, and that was up until they obviously got uh, matched up against Iowa. I just didn't have the heart to do that. Um, and the reason I say that is because I know that Oregon is much better in the seventh seed um, they've had to deal with COVID. They've had to deal with injuries all season long. And once they got healthy, um, they looked like the best team in the Pac-12, and they went on a run. So I am not surprised one bit um, by the run that Oregon is making. Dana Altman always amps it up in ter- when it comes to uh, tournament time as well. So I'm not surprised by this. And I think Oregon is more like a 4-5 seed than a 7 seed anyways, so. And you're right. I think with the remaining teams and how hot they are, I think they have the best chance to beat Gonzaga out of this region. Yeah. So in this region, the one real upset we've seen so far is Ohio over Virginia. 
this was a very popular pick for most people because uh, Virginia was arriving to Indianapolis a day before they were supposed to play it, as opposed to other teams that showed up, like, I want to say, like, a week before. Um, so that was very interesting. But kind of reviewing over this bracket, just pretty much a lot of chalk. Except for except for Ohio and then the Oregon Iowa game earlier today, and and the um, Santa Barbara was a very popular pick, and they only lost by, by one. One, yeah, they lost. I, I don't know if you were, I don't know if you guys were watching the game, but they, I think it was like a tip in at the last minute, and it just rolled in and out. Oh, that screwed me. Yep. I had Santa Barbara in the Sweet Sixteen. That, I think that was the moment. When that when that ball didn't drop, that was the moment where I essentially gave up on this damn tournament. Yeah, and I mean Oklahoma was never in that game too much against Gonzaga. Um, once you got more towards halftime, but Austin Reeves had a great game. Uh, their yeah. senior, he had like twenty seven points. He put everything out there that he could, and they still lost. They still couldn't even cover. So Gonzaga looks great right now. They look a. They almost look unbeatable. I want to say. Yeah, uh, I mean Gonzaga. Gonzaga is probably the most well-rounded team left, maybe outside of Baylor. But we've seen Baylor kind of go on some uh, some struggled runs so far. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, I'm. I was looking forward to an Iowa uh, Gonzaga rematch. That obviously won't happen. Um. But it'll be it'll be very interesting to see who they play coming up. That'll give them like it'll when it, when it's a really close game. I'm interested to see how Gonzaga plays because they haven't played in a lot of close games this year. Yeah, well, when I going into that Iowa Oregon game, the reason I picked Iowa was because of their size advantage. I mean, Oregon doesn't have a true center right now, or they do, but he's not like a guy that is in the rotation. Um, yeah, too often. Um, he only gets about five minutes a game. So I thought, you know, Iowa playing defense the way they have in the second half of the season, I thought that, you know, they would be able to put up put up enough points. And, you know, I, I even thought they would cover against Oregon. Um, and Oregon came out shooting the lights out. This was a very, very fast-paced, high-scoring game. A lot of fun to watch. And – I was extremely poor. This is the worst defense they played all season. I mean, they should have abandoned the zone early. They didn't, and it ended up killing them. Um, they clearly didn't make many adjustments at halftime at all. They were leaving Oregon shooters wide open, and um, it seemed late, late in the second half, Iowa kind of gave up on defense. Oregon had like 10-plus dunks in the game, and it was just a route. Um, Oregon completely dominated them um, the, that whole second half, and they scored 95 points. So I'm loving what I'm seeing out of my Ducks. Sucks to see uh, Lucas' career come to an end, but if it happened to anybody, I'm glad it happened to Oregon. And it, I'm it, very in. Oh, go ahead. It could just be me, but I feel like at least in some of these upsets, that guard play, at least one or maybe even two of your starting guards, that seems to be outweighing the impact of a, of a successful big man. I don't know if that's something you guys have seen as well, but a lot of times we will pick against teams because they don't have a big man presence, and that's that's just definitely something to be worried about. But it just seems so far in this tournament that that's not having as big of an impact as 
as a potential guards that can really take over the game and have been taking over some games, especially for the underdogs. I think my biggest takeaway so far is that, um, and I mean, maybe this is kind of obvious, but it all starts on the defensive end. With a lot of these teams, a lot of these upsets, it starts with forcing turnovers, playing the game at your own pace, and then hitting those big shots when you need to. Um, the teams that really clamp down on defense, like we saw with Loyola and um, Abilene Christian, um, that's that's just been the key so far. Yep, and I'm very interested to uh, uh, watch this UCLA-Kansas game because I think potentially the winner of this game will beat Oregon and go to the Elite Eight. Um, I like UC, UC, or USC excuse me, in this game. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to see that uh, Pac-12 matchup of USC and Oregon. That'll be very fun. Shout out Bill Walton. <laughs> that um, was right. Let's go into the uh, Michigan region of the tournament. Now, this one did have a lot more uh, upsets. Colin, I know you had Texas in your final four, so that sucks. I thankfully changed it probably, I think, at the last possible minute. I ended up going Florida State. So in that region, they're still alive. Uh, They're up six coming out of halftime against Colorado, so that doesn't look bad. Um, But between – you know, Texas losing, BYU losing, even UConn losing. UConn was a very popular, uh, I would say, non-top four seed out of a region to make the final four. Yeah. Yeah, UConn uh, kind of got dismantled by Maryland. Maryland got an early lead, and UConn could never bounce back in that game. Um, Book and Knight didn't shoot the ball that well. And – I mean, it's still extremely early, but Maryland's got an early six-point lead on Alabama right now, so they're looking good. Um, imagine if they're the only team in the Big Ten to make the Sweet 16. That but would the, be uh, insane. <laughs> the Abilene Christian upset was awesome over Texas. Um, Abilene Christian shot under 30% from the field, and they won, which is just absurd. Texas turned the ball over 23 times. Um, Abilene Christian out-rebounded them. And Texas, who I thought was a team that was almost perfectly built for this tournament, um, got kicked out of the first round by a team in their own state. So, shout out Abilene Christian. They played a great game. They struggled today, but um, that was their biggest win in school history. So, And that yeah. was big because after the, the three-pointer, I thought Texas was going to pull away like with just a last-second escape victory. But uh, the offensive, if, if the offensive rebound doesn't happen, there's no foul and no free throws. So, everyone's talking about the, the two clutch free throws in that situation, but the uh, don't let the fact that he grabbed the offensive rebound go unnoticed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's imagine the pressure of that, you know. Your biggest game in your school's history on the line, and then you're down one shooting two with a second left. That's the – They, they called a timeout, too, before the free throws, I believe, right? Yeah, you got ice. You sit there and think. Yep. So cold-blooded free throws. That's you. Will, it's great to see a small school like that get a win. Oh Again, yeah, someone in their own state, even as big as of a brand as Texas is. So now that we've seen a couple games, um, especially in this side of the region, this was probably the toughest region to pick a winner out of between Michigan, Bama. A lot of people chose Texas and UConn, like we mentioned. Some people took Florida State like myself 
from the teams left and what we've seen so far, who do you think will reach the final four out of this um, region? Mm. This is tough because my answer could be completely changed in about 15, 20 minutes whenever this Michigan LSU game comes to an end. I said it in our in our prediction episode that I hated that this this region of the bracket said it was going to screw up my my entire bracket. It turns out it was all the other ones and all my <laughs> other picks have screwed it up. Ohio State, and Illinois, that's what really killed me. But um, the fact that Michigan is at least looking like they have a good chance to survive right now. They're up six with four fifty to play. They're surviving Cam Thomas's twenty six points and then plus twenty five from Smart, the other guard. I mean. If they can get out of this with a win, I'm taking Michigan, especially like – I know they won, but Alabama let Iona hang around for a pretty decent amount of time on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, going, I'm going Michigan. Um, but if, the, if if LSU pulls off a shocking upset, my pick will obviously change here in about 15 minutes. I agree. If Michigan's able to pull this off, they've had a very strong second half. Um, they did a good job getting back into this game. Um, if they're able to pull this off, I think I got to go Michigan as well. Um, obviously, losing Livers sucks. And, I mean, they, he hasn't been ruled out completely out of the tournament. I don't know if he'd be able to come back at all. Um, maybe they're still hoping for the Final Four if they are to make it there. But Eli Brooks has really stepped up, um, especially tonight. Um, they still have Dickinson, Franz, you know. Uh, Smith stepped up last game, and tonight it's Chandry Brown with 21 off the bench. So if they can get little guys like that to contribute, um, I think they're still the best team in this region. I mean, I I think I got to stick with my original pick of Florida State. This team's very good offensive and defensively. I think the only knock on them so far is that they get pretty streaky. They can uh, they can go on a run and hit three or four shots in a row, but they can also go, you know, three, three and a half, four minutes without scoring a bucket. Um, so I think, in, I mean, especially for this region, and I think pretty much for the entire bracket, you have to go with whoever is hot. And I just, I feel comfortable saying that Florida State can get on, I guess, the hottest run out of all the teams currently left. Um. I think I got to go with UCLA at that point. I think they're going to win that bottom part. Um, yeah. If, if that's play Maryland or Alabama, I think I'm going to take UCLA in that one. Yeah. I I think as they play Maryland, I'd like UCLA. Alabama, that's tough. I'd have to see the ending, see how Alabama tries and uh, comes back from this deficit. They're currently down one to uh, Maryland. Let's mm-hmm. go to uh, Baylor's side of the bracket. Now, this one, whew, I would say this and Illinois side of the bracket, I don't think anyone really expected this sort of um, clusterfuck, I think is the correct word to use for this uh, situation. A lot of upsets. Purdue lost in the first round. We had Ohio State lose in the first round. And then you have, um, I mean – Villanova that a lot of us weren't very hot on there in the I was team. Okay, well you were most people I should say were most not. people aren't me. Okay, but we have I guess we can say uh, America's team in the Sweet Sixteen of Oral Roberts. We are 
if if you're not rooting for for Loyola Chicago, um, which a lot of us from from Illinois I think are, then you got to be rooting for Oral Roberts. Um, I'm, I I really hope they upset Arkansas. Right now, though, Baylor in their first two matchups looks really good. It's not like because you're the one seed. It's not like they're playing great teams, but winning in round one by 24, and then they beat Wisconsin by 13. So not even close in either the first two. Um, I like the experience with Villanova, um, but I'm still going to pick Baylor to win that one. So it's I want to pick Oral Roberts so bad, but until <laughs> Baylor at least has like a scare, it's going to be tough. But they've potentially they could be playing a three seed in the uh, in the Elite Eight. But uh, if if we see another another upset, we could see a one versus fifteen, which that would be insane. I don't well, think we'd ever see that again. No. Yeah, it's only second time ever. They're right there, Florida Gulf Coast. Or well, Florida Gulf Coast didn't go to the Elite Eight, right? I think they lost in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay. Um. Yeah, Oral Roberts coming into the tournament, I knew how terrible they had been defensively this year. They're one of the worst in the country. And that going against Ohio State's high-powered offense, I didn't even really consider them um, to have too much upset potential. But, um, I mean, some of us knew who Max Abemis was already because he's the leading scorer in the country. Um, He surpassed Luca Garza and won that scoring title. Um, He's been so hot the second half of the season scoring. He's had multiple 40-point games. Um, The guy... I didn't know about, and I don't think anybody knew about, was Kevin O'Banner. Um, yep. He is a legit – they legit have two stars. Kevin O'Banner is a star player in this tournament. And I think he's played maybe his two best games of the season uh, these past two games. Him and Abe Miss have both played every single second of both games. They played 45 minutes in the first game, 40 in the second. It's unbelievable. Um, they both come up huge um, at the end of these games. They both shoot well from three, and they're doing a terrific job leading this team, um, especially in that Florida game when they were down. Um, they were down double digits, I believe, and you never see a 15 seed come back from a deficit like that. So I think that was pretty incredible. It showed a lot of um, the confidence that they have. They're not scared of the big moment, and it's yeah, it's been the best story of the tournament. And I'm definitely rooting for them against Arkansas. Yeah, my biggest thing in this side of the tournament was I had Purdue, Colgate, and Ohio State, who all lost on the first day, very first day. I all had them in my elite eight, so that was the or or sorry, Sweet Six. Sweet 16. Um, I had all of them in my Sweet 16. That really sucked for me. Uh, but I mean, looking looking ahead, Villanova Baylor, obviously Villanova not having having Colin Gillespie um, really stinks. Um, so I mean, and I had Baylor as my champion. So I have Baylor moving on. This Arkansas or Roberts game. I mean, I would say I'd feel very comfortable with Arkansas getting out to an early lead and putting Oral Roberts away. But we've, as you mentioned, Oral Roberts has came back in a lot of these games. And 
it's, it's very tough for me. Obviously, I want to go with America's team, but Eric Musselman is a legit coach. Yes. I love him. He's, uh, he's, I mean, he's a great guy, and I think he'll take Arkansas to the Elite Eight. A Baylor-Arkansas matchup is, uh, is the only thing keeping my hopes alive for having winning any sort of bracket pool I'm currently in. If Baylor can beat Arkansas, I think Baylor can beat anyone. We saw Arkansas get really hot at the end of the season, and then they kind of laid an egg in the tournament on that second day against um, LSU. So, um, and obviously LSU is a really good team. They they played really well in this tournament, but it caused a lot of doubts for people about Arkansas. I know you picked Colgate over them. There was a very popular upset pick, but they're back. They're playing very well. They're scoring a lot of points. And I think if you give this a whole week almost to prepare for this game, Arkansas is going to come out on top over Oral Roberts, I believe. Um, anything can happen, obviously, but. I think Oral Roberts is going to cool off a little bit. You give these teams a whole week to prepare. I think the better team is going to come out on top. So I do have Arkansas winning that. And I think I had Baylor over Nova for now. No one expected Nova to be playing this well because they just completely dominated um, today. They looked fantastic. And they played really well in their first game too. So shout out Villanova. They're doing a good job of uh, adjusting after losing their best player. Um, let's go to Illinois side of the region, or I guess we can't even call it Illinois side of the region anymore because they lost. They lost. Ben, your champions lost in the round of 32. Why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, I was disappointed, but I should have known not to bet against Sister Jean, especially not on a Sunday. That was my mistake. I didn't read enough into that. I should have thought ahead and realized, okay, so if they're playing on Friday and they win, then they will play on Sunday. And uh, that's that's a rookie mistake. That's that's not a mistake I'll make again. Loyola Chicago's got a uh, you got the uh, higher seed, which is wild against Oregon State. Yeah. Oregon State looked looked real good against Oklahoma State. A, the very popular like if if you didn't have one of the higher seeds coming out of this tourney, a lot of people at Oklahoma State coming out, especially with the way Cade Cunningham was playing, and they. It was a 10-point win. There were times where they were up, I believe, like 20-plus or at least a number close to that. So that's, that that could be a good game. I want to pick Loyola Chicago to, to stay hot, but like Oregon State at the same time has every chance there. And then just Jim and Buddy Boheim, the dynamic duo of Syracuse, I don't have much more to say than that. It's I, uh, um, one of our good friends on, uh, on Twitter said January, February – Boheim in April, and that's just yep. how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Boheim always turns it up this time of month. We saw not too not too many years ago Syracuse as an 11 seed went to the Final Four. So, um, I I, I think they're going right back there. You it's, think so? It's, it's crazy. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it here in a little bit about what our updated Final Fours look like. But you look ahead at eight, a 12, and 11, and the two. And out of those four teams, quite possibly the two or the the two seed Houston is probably the least like pick out of all the four teams left. Yeah, that's and insane. They're mine for sure. It's just crazy because of the two seed, but I, the way the other teams are playing right now, I could see see it happening. I could see any of these four teams. I wouldn't be surprised with any of them at this point. And I, if I had to bet on it right now, I would go Syracuse. I would go with the Bayheims. Buddy Bayheim is playing out of his mind right now. 
he's only a junior. He's shooting the hell out of the ball. Um, so right now, I think I would take him over Houston. Um, I got mad respect for Houston, though, and Quentin Grimes and what they're doing. Rutgers gave him a run for their money, but they they came back and they played really well in the last few minutes of that game. Though I want to talk about the Loyola Illinois game. That was my favorite game of the weekend. Uh, you know, forty year old playing center for Loyola Chicago. I, I had yeah, I no had disrespect in of Illinois. I think they've been slightly overrated for a while now, and I knew that Loyola coming was- from an Iowa fan. Let's let's not yeah, let's yeah, not. a little bit of bias there. Let's cite our sources, but. I know Donovan wasn't a big fan of Loyola this year, but I did say Loyola, this Loyola team is better than the team that went to the Final Four. Um, they handled Georgia Tech pretty easily, and they had complete control of Il- over Illinois in this entire game. Uh, Brad Underwood got outcoached completely. Um, Loyola had a fantastic game plan, and they stuck with it the entire game. Crutwick, Crutwig played fantastic. Um, can you imagine if that guy had a jump shot? If he was able to pop a three, he'd be unstoppable. Um, oh, my God. They're the best defensive team in the country. If it's not Baylor, it's Loyola Chicago. Um, yeah. They forced, I think, five first-half turnovers out of Dosumu. Dos, Dos, and um, they really frustrated Coburn in the first half. And they never really lost their lead. The closest it got was six points. And they, they would – fire right back at him. So Crutwig was fantastic. Williamson was the other guy who has the, this postseason experience, and he had a very nice game. So, I mean, well, they have a legit chance again to make a Final Four run. If you look at the schedule ahead, they're going to have a yeah. tough one against a hot Oregon State team, though. Yeah. Uh, hand up on my part, as Colin mentioned, was not big on Loyola Chicago. I did eventually have them beating Georgia Tech. I think I switched that um, very last minute. But uh, the Illinois game very much surprised me. Um, I, as you said, Crutwig. I, I can never get this guy's name. Is it Crutwig? Crutwig, yeah. Crutwig. Crutwig, <laughs> Crutwig, Crutwig. I, 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 I just can't say the name right. Call him Cameron. Um, Cameron. Yeah, we'll call him Cameron. Cameron, I just I, – I, I did not expect – I mean, he played great. Didn't he score like 30 or something? Yeah, like 20. 20, something like that. I don't know. 30. But my biggest thing with Loyal Chicago coming this tournament was they could not score as well as they did when they went on their run in 2017. Um, but, I mean, as you mentioned, they're playing a lot better defense. So I probably should have given Loyal Chicago a little more faith, no pun intended, but – um. I mean, I think they have a chance to make it right back to the Elite Eight. I think they'll beat Oregon State. As you mentioned, Oregon State is a uh, very hot team, but I think Loyola Chicago's defense can shut them down, and I can't wait for an 8 versus an 11 seed matchup in the you Elite love Eight. It. Oh, you Oregon love State it. is fascinating to me because, I mean, they were – not projected to be in the tournament at all. They weren't even on the bubble picture. They finished uh, six in the Pac-12. They were 10 and 10 in conference. And this is a team, like I mentioned uh, multiple times for I'm sorry if this is repetitive. They shot 33% from three in the regular season. Pac-12 tournament, they shot 45%. They knocked off one seed Oregon. They won the championship to get in. 
They got that 12 seed, and they are still just on fire. They won their first game uh, by a lot against um, who they beat? Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, a Tennessee team that's kind of been struggling. And no, then Tennessee, no, the no, first, no, 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 no. Rephrase that. Tennessee was not struggling. Tennessee straight up sucks. Okay. Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee was the most overseeded team in college basketball through its entire year. I think to start the year, they were a top 10 seed. And they just – they have no offensive game. I no. watched that game, and, like, I felt I, – I almost checked myself into that game to try and help Tennessee score a bucket. Lord <laughs> knows I can't make a goddamn bucket to save my life. The fact that Tennessee was a five seed and Oregon was a seven is just – it's it's mind-boggling. Um, yeah. But Oregon State, we're talking about Oregon State, not Oregon right now. Oregon State in the first half of that game against Oklahoma State shot the lights out. They could not miss a jump shot. They almost extended their lead to 20, and it was it just seemed a little too big of a lead for Oklahoma State to come back from in the second half. They kept getting close, but, I mean, Kate Cunningham didn't shoot the ball that well. Oklahoma State as a whole could just not hit a three in that second half when they needed to. And yeah, Oregon State staying hot. I'm I'm fascinated by this next matchup between them and Loyola. Yeah, agreed. By the way, um, game just went final. Michigan is moving on, so that that just uh, solidifies my pick for Michigan to go to the Final Four from that region. Um, I I've talked about it so many times. I think LSU is a good team, and won that game despite multiple LSU players scoring 25 plus, I think shows a lot about Michigan because LSU is a team that can score, put up close to 80 points. And yet Michigan won that game by what eight. And so I think, and I, I, that's my pick right now. Yeah. Well, the, the winner of Colorado, Florida state, which is in the second half right now, they're going to them versus Michigan, whoever it is, is going to be a fantastic game. Um, both of those teams are very good. They both play good defense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Florida State is a seven-point lead right now, so it's looking like them, but I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. Yeah, I can't wait. So, as I, hint, I, as I hinted to earlier in the episode, let's give out our updated Final Fours. Okay. So, now that we have about a good weekend, a good two games for each team, under our belt, what teams are you now liking to make the final four? I'll let's go start, first. Let's start. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Should we okay. go? Should we go everyone's final four? So you just say like your final yeah. four, or yep. do we go region by region? No, I'm. I'll give you my my final four. So right. I got Gonzaga. After two games, they look just as good um, as as advertised. I think some of the doubts that were there, I don't really have them at this time. Whoever said it earlier, I don't remember who. We'll see how they respond in a close game because they haven't played one in a while. I do think that'll be big, but the way they're playing right now, I don't even know if that's going to happen. So that's my pick out of that region. Michigan, just big, got a big win over LSU. Not much more to say there. I like them. Baylor looks pretty good so far. These, these bottom two regions are the toughest for me. These two, I think, could really screw everything up. I've already got them wrong, obviously. I had Ohio State and Illinois, and obviously they didn't make it past the first three days. So that tells you about how much I know for the South and the West. But for the South, I got Baylor. I think they could have a, a, a decent path 
if if Arkansas were to get knocked out, and I still think they could beat Arkansas. And then, ooh, this is tough. It's either Loyola or Syracuse. That's tough. I'm going to pick Loyola. There's probably bias there, but I'm going to take Loyola. But I would love to see the Syracuse win that region as well. Yeah, I think I have – I have Gonzaga. I have Baylor. I have – I'm going to go Michigan. And don't get me wrong. Houston is a very good team. And as a two seed, they deserve their respect. Um, Quentin Grimes and Sasser and um, what's his name? Jarreau. He had a fantastic game. They're a really good team. Kelvin Sampson's a good head coach. But I, I'm taking Bayheim, both Bayheims. I'm going to take Syracuse in the final four. So yeah, I have. I, I feel it feels kind of wrong even at this point picking three one seeds to make it, but I got Gonzaga, Baylor. I'm going Michigan, but I'm very skeptical about that, and I'm going Syracuse. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look silly in a couple of days, or I guess after next weekend, when it gets to the Final Four, and like I didn't even consider taking the two seed. Like I was down to Loyola, Chicago, an eight seed, and Syracuse, an eleven seed. And it just is going to look really silly when Houston comes out of that. And like, it's a two seed. They're a two seed for a reason. And they weren't even in my final two for that region. Just yeah, because well, I like the, the the streak that the other two are on. I don't think it's too silly. I mean, they were down that entire game. It seemed like the Rutgers. And it really took Rutgers just being unable to make a shot in those final few minutes for them to win that game. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad pick. Houston has... Everyone knows that they're the worst two seed, or at least we thought they were the worst two seed, and they really struggled in that game. So my final four, um, I'm obviously going to go with the popular pick of Gonzaga and Baylor to win their regions. Um, That's also what I originally had. Um, I'm also going to piggyback on what I said earlier, a Florida State winning the region. I feel like they are the most likely team to get hot. And I'm also going to agree with Colin. I think the Bayheim duo of Buddy and Jim is just going to overpower Houston and overpower the winner of Oregon State or Sister Mary Jane, Mary Jean, Sister Jean, whatever we call her. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for our bracket breakdown. Um, we'll give a little update on our current bracket pool uh, leader. So in first place at 350 points, Mom Irka, 13, is currently in first place with 350 points. Now, uh, she did pick Illinois to win it, so she does not have the highest maximum amount of points. The highest max points left actually goes to one of my buddies, uh, Bailey. He's sitting uh, at a max of 1570, and he has Gonzaga winning it all. He's currently tied in 13th place. So shout-out, Bailey, and uh, shout-out, Mom, Erica, 13. Um, let's go now into this week in sports. Uh, so, Ben... Why don't you tell us uh, what's happened this week in baseball? 
I will say real quick, if Alabama gets hot, I don't see any way that this doesn't end with – I guess you could maybe throw Breyer in there, but I think Melissa might win this whole thing if, if Alabama gets hot <laughs> and wins the tournament. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe Boo as well. Yeah. But, so it's, we'll see. It's very interesting. I've stayed in talks with Melissa. She's very excited to come on the show. And talk about whatever the hell Melissa wants to talk about. Powerhouse Alabama football basketball school. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. Um, Melissa winning this tournament is like worst case scenario. (laughs) Oh, man. I can say this because I damn well know she's not going to listen to it. Um, Yeah. So let's go into this week in sports. Ben, baseball. All right. We are in the home stretch of spring training. A regular season starts next Thursday, so but ten more, ten more nights of sleep, and then baseball fans get opening day. Woo! Be, there, there are some great, great games on that on that opening day. Uh, a bunch of division matchups. Reds uh, play St. Louis. Reds always open at home, always will. There's Pirates Cubs, so that's the NL Central big matchups. White Sox Angels. White Sox are a lot of people's World Series pick out of the AL either them or the Yankees I'm seeing a lot. So those two teams play on ESPN actually opening night. So that'll be good. There's Astros athletics, Zach Garinke, um starting for the Astros. He's their opening day starter. Mets nationals. That could be a pretty good game, especially Mets getting on door to Grom's insane as always. He looks insane this spring. Dodgers Rockies. That should be a blowout. Rockies are going to stink this year. They got Trevor story and Herman Marquez and that's basically it. Hmm. Those are some of the best matchups in open day. Twins Brewers, I've talked about this. Brewers are like an underrated team for me. They had a sneaky good offseason, and I like them potentially in an NL Central that could potentially suck. The Brewers added some people. I like the Colton Wong addition. They got Jackie Bradley Jr. in the outfield. I think Yelich is going to be much closer to his MVP form this year. So Donovan's on the Royals. The Brewers is nowhere near as big of a stretch as the Royals because there's many people that the Brewers make the playoffs, but I, that's my, my team. Obviously I don't want that because I'm rooting for the Reds, but the Brewers, Brewers are really, really my team. Not a whole lot of other news. Um, a lot of teams have made, it's kind of down to the last couple of roster spots up for grabs over the last couple of days. A lot of guys have been optioned to minor league camp. So it's basically every team is it's around kind of like the last four or five spots that they're, that they're picking from. So that's that's really where we're at in terms of roster selection. And I feel like most fans, if you've been watching, you pretty much know who's going to make your team's roster. Another big thing that's been going around is NL went back to no DH this year. And Zach Gallen, underrated young pitcher for the Dimebacks, had a, uh, who knows how serious it is, but arm injury swinging the bat. I believe it was in the last couple of days. So I think it was just a strain. I don't think nothing too serious, but um, – I, I don't see any way that within the next couple of years that we don't find our way back to an NLDH. And I've been against it for so long, but I, just because I like I, – it's funny whenever a pitcher hits home run, but I think the injury part of it is kind of swayed me and is like, yeah, this is not – this should just be changed. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks had a big, uh, yeah, big that base one too. knock. Yep. Big base knock the other day, and he – I think he tripped over the first baseman. I forget yep. who they were playing, but – I was watching that game live, live, and 
oh my god, did I have a goddamn heart I'm sure every Cubs fan did because it was a it was a screaming hit in the right field. Like it's solid oh, yeah. contact, but it was one hop right to the right fielder. He fires to first base to try and throw him out from right field. And both the first baseman and Hendricks get there at like the same time. And Hendricks takes like a face first dive. Thankfully he was okay, but considering yeah. he was the first Cubs pitcher to bat in all of spring training, I'm sure you weren't the only one. I think David Ross even talked about it. Like he said, like he almost threw up in his mouth or something. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can tell you this. There is no worse feeling in life, not even in sports in life than getting thrown out at first by the right fielder. That's it's, it's just totally, it is, it is the worst feeling in life. Get some Obviously then. it's happened to me once and oh boy, that was not fun. Um, Colin. <laughs> Yeah. What happened? We obviously talk about the tournament a lot. What happened this week in the association? This might be the uh, saddest week or segment of this week in sports when it comes to uh, the NBA. I want to start off by saying rest in peace to the great Elgin Baylor. Um, he lived a long life. I, uh, I I want to get this right. I I want to say how old he was. I just want to confirm. Should have been more prepared. Elgin Baylor was 86 years old. Um, one of the greats of NBA history. Um, longtime Laker. And, I mean, yeah, he was, he's a legend. He's in the Hall of Fame. So, rest in peace to the great Elgin Baylor. Just wanted to say that. Um, as far as uh, this last week, and the NBA is gone. Ever since the All-Star break, it's kind of been a disaster for the NBA. Um, Joel Embiid is hurt. Kevin Durant still out. LeBron James, you know how much he means to the league, is now injured along with Anthony Davis. LeBron, um, high ankle sprain, is going to be out at least a few weeks, at least a couple weeks. Um, I bet he could miss up to a month. But you know LeBron, he's going to come back as soon as he can. So get well soon, King. And... Another killer, killer thing for the league is the injury of who I think is going to get rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is expected to miss the remainder of the season, which is just terrible news. Um, you know, Charlotte positioned to be in a playoff spot right now, and the way he's been playing, he makes them must-watch TV. And I think he should still get rookie of the year. Um, he injured his hand. It sounds like he's going to be out for the year. Very unfortunate news there. So the NBA is dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And it's kind of making a lot of these games unwatchable. Even with the Clippers, you're seeing um, Kawhi and Paul George miss a lot of games. Like I said, Kevin Durant is not, hasn't played in a while. Kyrie is going to miss a few games um, due to um, family, personal matters. So I hope everything's okay with him. But – a lot of stars missing a lot of time. And I mean, it's, I think this is becoming an issue in the NBA. I know you can't control injuries, but you know, your star players missing time, especially during a time of year like this really makes your product kind of unwatchable. So it's all unfortunate news. The trade deadline is coming up quickly um, in a few days, I believe. So there should be lots of movement like there usually is. Maybe not big names are moved, but little pieces to contenders that can put them over the top. So it's interesting to see. One that's been talked about a lot is Victor Oladipo. 
who is a part of the Rockets, who I believe are on a 20-game losing streak now. Yep. That is just insane. They started off well, um, and they still had Harden and Christian Wood. They didn't start off too well, but they were over 500 at one point, and they've taken a 20-game tumble, tumble, which is just absolutely insane. And the Atlanta Hawks have won eight straight games. They have not lost in the month of March. So good for them. They are now up to the four seed in the East. And that's about all for this week in basketball. Some yeah. With the, Embiid uh, and uh, LeBron being hurt is very interesting. I don't know how much time Embiid's going to miss, but I think I saw LeBron can miss up to like three to four weeks, something around there. Um, I don't think LeBron is going to rush himself back, especially that the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, and I think he's more focused on a ring than potentially winning an MVP. But with Embiid and LeBron being out, uh, I think this kind of opens a window for the MVP race, and we could see a guy like Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell. I don't know a Jokic kind of guy. To kind of I sneak just back to get, into that MVP race. I just wanted to get any name possible out there before you said Jokic. And I've seen so many people arguing for Butler over the last weeks. That's just the first one. God, um, yeah, that's not. <laughs> we have zero chance. He, he, he will have very little chance to win it. But um, he, he, I will say without him, the Heat are nowhere near as good. But that's not. The MVP award these days doesn't go to the, like, player that's most valuable to their team it just goes to the best player yep. but you're right donovan it it totally opens the opportunity for, for I mean, a player especially with potentially lengthy absences if if uh, KP continues to miss time I, I think harden's a good candidate yep that's true um, i think Jokic is a good candidate i think Giannis is again a good candidate yep um i mean i i hate the mvp talk because it just really doesn't matter at all but it's fun to talk about so yeah uh, yeah, it's – I mean, there's a lot of different guys that can win it now. Um, you're right. Your boy Jokic, if LeBron and Embiid continue to miss time, is a very, very good option. Um, yeah. Just know that if Jokic does win the MVP, I will not shut the fuck up about it. I, I know. You'll be like, reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. You'll never say Jokic without mentioning MVP. I will – I think I'll tweet it out every day till he doesn't win it the next yeah. – the following year. Um, all right. As Let's long as you this. don't tweet it out from the Tub Talk Twitter account and <laughs> whatever. Uh, um, this week in football, obviously we're in the middle of the offseason. Not a lot happening, but some interesting notes. Kenny Dolliday finally picks a destination. He goes to the New York football giants. Um, I don't have the contract pulled up with me, but this New York Giants team is now very interesting. They're in what some would say still a weak division after being the weakest division last year. Um, Daniel, Daniel Jones is now kind of in a make or break year. He has the weapons. He has Galladay, Sterling Shepard, um, Evan Ingram. They just signed Kyle Rudolph. Saquon will be back at some point. Their defense looks good. This is a make or break year for the Giants. <clears throat> they signed a Dory Jackson today too. A pretty big yes. deal. I yeah. mean, kind of surprisingly big deal, but Nevertheless, 39 million, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I have numbers for that Galladay contract a four year, $72 million deal, um, 40 million guaranteed. So I was a contract for Kenny. 
I was surprised by that because the way the market was going, I thought it was because he didn't get signed right away. Either. I thought it was going to end in like a one year kind of reset deal. I know Juju took a pay cut for to stay in Pittsburgh, but it seemed like all his offers were one year deals. And I just thought the whole wide receiver market as a whole was kind of going to end up leaning that way. But uh, good for him. And with I, that- I, he really wanted to be there. You could tell based on the reports. Yeah, that's good. And can we agree that Nelson Aguilar has the greatest agent in the world for getting $13 million from New England um, based on what some of these other guys are getting? Juju wasn't even offered that much. Yeah. I mean, Aguilar Aguilar's interesting because he's potentially going to be the number one guy in that offense. And, I mean, he played good. He had a good year for the Raiders last year, but I still don't think he's a number one guy, but he got paid like a number one. So, hey, props to him. Um, at, as Ben mentioned earlier, Juju took a pay cut to return to the Steelers. He received, I think, a bigger deal with more money from the Ravens, but he essentially told them to go fuck himself, themselves, I mean. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, so Juju will be Corvette Corvetting back into the Steel City. And then uh, Deshaun Watson, I think six more lawsuits were filed against him. So uh, Deshaun's It's an all-out attempt- blitz. <laughs> Sorry, I know that was unprofessional, but it was a funny joke I saw on Twitter. Um, yeah, Deshaun Watson, he uh, six more lawsuits. I think the total's up to 10. His attempt to escape uh, Houston is not looking good. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting if uh, if he's going to have to sit out uh, part of the season to deal with all those lawsuits. And then finally, I think the one that I felt most interesting from not only this week, but it actually happened today, Bama receiver and Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, skips his pro day. Now, as we've seen, as a lot of people expect, uh, he's expected to fall lower than a lot of people expected um originally some people thought he'd be the number one guy taken off the board especially after winning the heisman but now people have him like the third or fourth receiver off the board falling to the late teens some people even have him falling into the mid early 20s um bama's receiver Devonte smith missing his pro day do you think this affects him his i don't think stock? it i don't think it really should this is going to be kind of like for whatever weird reason uh cd fell a little bit more than i thought last year and there was i i had him as my number one ranked receiver in last year's draft and he ended up being the third one taken not that rugs and judy can't be good but i think cd is going to be the better one like i think in the all when it's all said i know it's gonna be jefferson and i think cd is going to be right after him and then i think there might be a, a gap between the other ones um I, I think, I think in the end, Devonta Smith has a chance to be the best one out of this group, especially if he goes for good system. I mean, if he falls, good for him because he'll be, in a in a good in a good spot. He'll be utilized really well because he has a ton of talent. But I would hate for, for him to go somewhere, and at, and them ask him to be like, the number one deep ball, like something he's not built for, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, that's going to wrap up, uh, this week in football and this episode of tub talk sports podcast. Do you guys have any last notes before I wrap up the episode? 
not a not a whole lot. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot else to talk about besides just the, the craziness of the tournament so far until we continue on. Um, the games next week are Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we got a couple more left tonight and then back at it again next weekend. I will be in sunny Orlando. Ooh. I have some breaking news. Ooh. The cl- we have a trade in the NBA. We just discussed the deadline. Oh, breaking news. Good. The Los Angeles the Clippers. Oh. Are trading. Ooh. Mufiandu Kabanjili. A future second and cash to the Kings. Or protected second round pick. Let down. That's it? That's it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but wait, there's Unbelievable. more. Oh, oh, there's more breaking the news. Kings used a trade exception that would have expired today on the deal. Both second round picks are heavily protected and unlikely to convey. So the Clippers, wow. so like they're not even going to get the second round pick. It was, but listen, the Clippers just uh, cleared a roster spot for potentially someone new. This is it's just it's the it's step one, okay? Lonzo Ball, future Chicago Bull. It's a it's an interesting uh step one. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean who are they gonna Lonzo. get? Like who who do you you're our NBA expert here? Who do you think they're eyeing? Well they need a point guard. Patrick so Beverly like Lonzo. I don't know that they have the pieces to get Lonzo. Um, in my opinion, I think Alonzo should go for at least a good young player or a first round pick. And they don't have any of those first round picks and they kind of are lacking young talent. So I don't know that they can get Lonzo and I don't know that they can get a Kyle Lowry. I think Alonzo is much more realistic for them. Um, we'll see what happens there, but I don't know. I think they need a point guard if they're going to uh, contend for it. They're still contenders, but if they're going to win a championship, they definitely need a point guard. Um, I think that was a big struggle for them last postseason. Um, And speaking of Kyle Lowry, with the Raptors' struggles, I think they've lost like nine of their last ten at least. He is being talked a lot. Toronto legend is on the market. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he lands somewhere on a contender like Philadelphia, maybe who I've heard has been linked to Kyle Lowry. So lots of interesting stuff to, uh, happen in the next couple of days. And like I mentioned earlier, Victor Oladipo is a popular name on the market for a possible contender like the Lakers. Maybe, I don't know. Calm there's, down. Still, uh, there's still the big men like Andre Drummond and the song Whiteside that are likely to go somewhere. Yeah, um, but I think this is going to do it for this week at Tub Talk Sports Podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. One thing I do want to mess- mention, later this week, I think, is when we're going to do our MLB prediction show. Yeah, states. very, very excited for that one. And we got to get that fantasy league going. Yeah, And we're going to get a fantasy league going. So all this will all be very interesting, very fun. You have to listen to our prediction show. Because especially with us three, we love our baseball, and we are going to make some bold-ass predictions. So thank you all for listening. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment, share it with everyone you know. Um, And I think it's going to do it.
Peace.